Good afternoon. How are you again? Good, good. Um, <laughs> I'm watching you on TikTok. I know. <laughs> we're watching it. We're, my guys, we're live on TikTok as well. Um, and we're just trying to work out how we can go live. And we're, it's a work in progress, eh? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there, obviously. We're laughing before we come on, obviously. We're a bit nervous with the TikTok. But, uh, but I tell you what, the exciting thing is we're going to be talking about how to predict your future. Yeah. And a lot of people out there think, oh, your future's predestined. And all. Is it predestined? Or can you change it? What do you think? No, I don't believe so. I think uh, your future uh, is very much how you plan and path it out. Um, what you do gives you the results further down the yeah. line. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. All right. I would I would agree. Um, it really is that sort of thing. Uh, let me get my notes, because I actually took some notes down in here about where we are and what we're doing. Uh, mm -hmm. what? Oh, let me think about this. You know, Oscar Wilde once said, uh, knowing what you want is almost like a punishment when you get it. And, 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 and it took me a while to actually work out what that meant by that. Right, and, it, and, and I think what he's getting to is the fact that you're almost predestined that your, your future's ahead of you straight away. And yes, mm -hmm. that can be predicting your future, but then it, it leaves you no flexibility. Uh, not knowing, not knowing at this point when you're. This is all about when you're a younger age, to be honest. Yeah. When you're a younger age, not knowing where you are in life is possibly uh, the best thing you could ever be because you're mm -hmm. open to all ideas and opportunities. So don't don't shoehorn yourself into one single thing and say that is it for the rest of my life. Because well, look at me, I've retrained probably about five different times. Yeah. Um, you know, that, what that makes me think of is I remember being uh, at school, leaving school or at that point in life, and it's like, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. And a lot of people and a lot of people around me were like, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, I didn't know. And I remember feeling really panicked and feeling like I needed to put myself in a certain category and work towards a certain thing. Um, yeah. And now when I look back, that's not the case. And, do you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, uh, but you're programmed like that. I mean, you're younger, it's like this pressure to pick one thing and steer for that. And um, I think that's not always the case. Yeah. I mean, are we encouraging? This is another one I noticed the other day. I, I, I read a lot. You know that. And I engage yeah. with a lot of different stuff. And you know I share a lot as well over our, our private channels. Uh, yeah. But one of the things I actually noticed um, um, was uh, uh, this entitlement culture. Where is that coming from? What is that all about? Um, and, and I kind of thought about it a wee bit more. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, we're teaching our children to be entitled to everything. I think, but how are we doing that? Because everything that we've done beforehand, before you have children, you've actually made a complete mess of everything. I mean, you've gone through all the shit storm before, haven't you? Yeah. So by the time you have the children, it's like, oh, we're Mr. Responsible now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, now you're, cho it's like the fleas in the jar. You know, mm -hmm. you put the lid on the jar and you train the flea to jump only so high. For people and don't understand this, this is what this is how people are predestined. This is how people are conditioned in their own life itself. This is the fleas in the jar scenario. So you have a how do you train a flea only to jump five inches when a flea can actually jump thirty six inches? You leave a flea on the ground, it'll jump thirty six inches. I'll guarantee you that it'll probably jump even more. But you can train that flea to jump five inches every single day. Day in, day out. 
That's how they train them in the flea circus. You know, you have you used to have these wee flea circuses and you used to pretend. And I didn't know they used to pretend, but they didn't actually used to train fleas. And then they would put the lid on the jar at five inches and the, 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 the flea would keep hitting its head all the time and went, to hell with this. I'm needing to jump just so much under that in order to not hit that lid. And you're, you're talking about a wafer thin amount and they would never hit the lid after there. So the flea trained itself to jump five, only so high, just right under five inches, a micro, a micron right under five inches. That's what a tree trained itself to do. Mummy flea comes along in the same jar and does exactly the same thing, bangs her head and then trains herself to jump only five inches. Think about this. This is exactly what we do when we get our children. Our children then come along and our children can jump 36 inches from birth. But what did they actually see? They see mummy and daddy only jumping five inches every single day in, day out. And that's why we end up training our children to be almost self-entitled because we've now gone through all the shit storm that's happened before, but we've now got to the, this is the way we are now and why are we not entitled? And we actually, our kids see us doing that. Yeah. So we're, our children are a reflection of what we are right now in society. I think the and it's the same example. And, and people wonder how on earth, and the reason that some of these children excel way beyond their parents is because they look at their parents and go, I am never going to be like that. Mm -hmm. And they actually are pulled by their dreams or they're pushed by their circumstances to excel at what they do. If they're neither, I'll guarantee you, they will not do anything. And they will, they will come out like a carbon copy of their mother and father. Mm -hmm. And, and the people round about them that are actually supporting them all the time. Do you not think that's the case? I mean, I don't know about you, but to hell with it. I never want to be. <laughs> I'll never be like you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I see the same things as I'm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I'm a God, I like them. I'm a bloody cardin, cardin copy. <laughs> I see a lot of traits. It's funny, the, the three in the jar things, a brilliant analogy for inherent traits that people pick up for their parents yeah. and then and if you pick them up you pass them on to your kids and, and you see it quite a lot and you see, i see it myself you, like you see you see it in yourself as well um, yeah yeah change your background move location <laughs> <laughs> you move through. some people out there will be thinking how did you manage to do that <laughs> <laughs> if anybody watched and skipped away make a coffee and come back uh, it's like i've moved house <laughs> <laughs> So we're teaching our children. I mean, you've got, I think, I think most of our society, and I've seen it before, and, and really up to the age of 30, you should be trying and experimenting and everything. If you're under 30 years old, you should be going for it right now. You should look at your dream and think, then maybe that's unachievable, but to hell it, I'm going to go for it right now because you've got the best time of your life ahead of you. You know, all the responsibility stuff comes later on. Forget that. You're probably staying with your parents. You're probably earning money and doing something else. So just focus on what you do right now and go for it. Go for it. Aim big, <laughs> hit big targets, have big dreams, have big goals. Because even if you fail, it doesn't matter. You've probably learned something in the process. And it's not as big as failing when you're about 40, when you've got a house and you've got kids and you've got a wife and everything like that. Be, yeah. You know, that's the thing. So now is the time to do it when you're a lot younger and actually try and experiment and everything is it's going. I think that's the most important thing. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I was just going to agree with you there. I mean, if, if you're at that age where you didn't have so much responsibilities financially or, or children and, and family and things, 
aim big and have big aspirations. And do you know what? If if you fail or you or you have to learn for these fails, you've plenty of time to do that, uh, and that's how you learn. Um, obviously, we discuss quite a lot of uh, tactics in here, Jim, which you've tried and tested and failed at and yourself, um, and passing on that knowledge. But yeah. people will make their own mistakes in their own journey, um, and that's a failure. Isn't uh, I mean, people take it quite personally when they fail at something, but it's just the process of learning, uh, and and it's conditioning your mind to realise that all right that never worked i'll do it a different way and 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 learn for that rather than feel like yeah. a failure that that is where it comes back to predicting your future isn't it because yeah. because i keep saying you, you you will get what you really desire the most this is quite an interesting one i want to talk about um the man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves the destination the man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves the destination. Does that yeah, make sense? Because they, they enjoy the journey, right? As opposed because to because you've probably noticed a shift in how I talk, but I don't talk about a destination, do I anymore? I don't talk about I mean I have I have set goals and I've set short term goals, I've set medium goals and I've set long term goals, but I never talk about the fact that either I have an ultimate destination anymore. When I when I ultimately wanted to retire. You know, I wanted to retire before I was 40. That was an ultimate destination for me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a, a financial director before I was 30. That, again, that was an ultimate destination for me. But after that, I didn't have anything else. And what I learned from that was I never actually enjoyed the journey towards it. I just knocked my pan in all the time Yeah. in order to get to it. And once I got to it, it was like, what do I do next? So so by, by, the, by loving the journey... And actually loving what you do, um, you will achieve a hell of a lot more than the person who actually loves the destination. And and that's the that's the thing I've learned out of the most. The millionaire thing was achieved when I retired at 38 year old, and that was 17 years ago. And I had no concept that that was possible at that time. I just had belief and faith in myself that it was going to happen. But you could be pre you could almost be pre destined to actually achieve something but you don't need to know what that is yet you just need to keep swinging for the fence every yeah. single day yeah, and by think... getting up and swinging for the fence every single day that will ultimately get you to where you want to be but don't worry about where that is because natural the natural process of the laws of attraction if anybody knows what that is you know laws of attraction look it up will lead you to the right path that you want to be on by the way you uh, act and the way you associate and interact with other people. Yeah, I mean, like you say, Jim, a lot of people get too wrapped up in, on the journey, uh, with it, focusing maybe too much on the, the end game or the end goal, uh, like you say, and get there and think, oh, I'm here. Whether, uh, rather than maybe enjoying the whole process and yeah. working out the strategies of how to get there and, and how you're going to obviously tackle each task and things and um that's obviously something that you're uh, really good at and really take a lot of pleasure in working things out and doing the numbers and, and making sure everything plans out the way you expect it to and if not finding a way around that um, and that can be really enjoyable um and a lot of people maybe they take time to enjoy the the journey as opposed to like you say the destination just learning from loads and loads of other people as well though eh? I think, yeah i'm not really sure if anybody would be quite surprised that i actually bought johnny john lyden's book um, mm-hmm. recently you know just i just got it the other day and it's the one of the i mean i'm reading jordan peterson's one just now 12 rules 
Um, but I'm actually John Lydon's going to be next, and it's about anger and how anger's actually helped him and his and his and his success uh, coming on. Now, years ago, I would just dismiss someone like that, like a total idiot. Um, but the reality is, this guy's been successful at something. So, what is it he's got, or what is it he's learned, or what is it he's done in order to be successful at that? And, yeah. and that's what intrigues me the most about you know people that are successful. How are they successful? Why are they successful? And what has led to their success? Because by learning from other people more successful than you, clearly, obviously, is. Um, then you'll obviously you'll obviously learn something which will benefit you in the in the medium to long term as well. Yeah, it's like uh, we have looked at. I've been watching um, some of Grant Cardone stuff, and he's like way out there and like doing things on another level. But if you look at some of his videos and listen to what he's saying, uh, 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 you could you could uh, relate to what you do on a smaller scale, obviously, uh, to what yeah. he's doing. Uh, he is a bit out there, but I am really good at the same time. Yeah. Afternoon, Perry. Um, how are you? Any questions? Afternoon, please, Perry. Please ask. Anybody out there, show some love, hit these buttons, share this post, tag people in. At the end of the day, this is all free content, free information, and and literally, you know, you know, I mean, most people, you know, what they say about free. Well, it's not really worth that then. Um, but the reason that we do this is so I can put on 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 record and in podcasts and that from our children in the future. So when they're at the point of readiness, they will learn from what I've learned already, because I'll have probably put my clogs by then. Um, so it's all gone. Yeah. So when you think about the logic of that, it's all gone, and not actually putting this down is to me almost criminal. Um, to a degree, because it's like all that wealth of information that you've learned over all the years, all that track record of experience yeah, that you've yeah. taken in, all the wisdom you've got, and you're not even going to impart that to other people as well. So that's the reason why we're predominantly doing this wealth creation show, is for that reason. Yeah. Uh, I've got a fantastic, you know, this is this has been out of your comfort zone. This is great. I was watching something for David Bowie, uh, an interview, and the thing I picked up on the most, he says, look, if you feel safe where you are right now, you're probably not actually in the right area in your life. And he says, what he had actually says, you know, um, always go a little bit extra and um, more out of your depth. Um, you know, just to that point where, where you're just out of your depth, but you can tip it on the bottom now and again, just to keep yourself afloat. And he says, that's about the right place where something exciting is going to happen. And, and and I thought that's a fantastic way to look at it, um, mm -hmm. is, is the fact that just that wee bit extra, because if you're never out of your comfort zone, you'll never do anything. Um, yes. Because you're not uncomfortable. It's like, why would I want to do anything? Um, if I'm uncomfortable, great, I'm learning something. That's the key as well. When you're uncomfortable, you've got to look at on the principle that if you're uncomfortable with something, you're probably learning something new. Now, don't look at it as a good or bad experience. Do it first. And then you'll find out if it's good or bad. Clearly, obviously, if it's something, stu something stupid like murder, then <laughs> I don't advise that. <laughs> I would, uh, no, I would really, no, I would... they come back and say, Jim told me if I was out of comfort zone to go and do it. Um, obviously, if it's uh, if it's breaking the law, then I don't advise you to. But I'm talking about just out of your comfort zone, about phoning that person, about getting in touch with someone, about sitting down with someone and asking them questions and learning from them. A classic now is, you know, well, two people have actually approached me already. Um, that are probably the only two people that have ever, ever approached me for advice on how to get into stages in that. I actually hired them. Mm -hmm. Because I thought, 
my God, have you had have you had the balls to actually? Uh, incidentally, they're both women. <laughs> so excuse the pun. Uh, but have you had the nerve to actually yeah, come yeah. along and do that and actually say to me, "How do I get into a stage and say what should I do and how I should do it?" And um, God, I'm going to I'm probably going to employ you straight away because the, the very fact that you've taken that time to put yourself in your comfort zone to actually do that says to me a lot. Uh, absolutely. Um, obviously, it took a wee interview in between, but I mean, that's that's the reality. That's what actually happened. So I actually love that. I mean, what what be you, Richard? I mean, I, the, I do really like that, uh, and I and I would really I would tend to really agree with that. And I think through my own journey, I've realised that. Uh, and speaking to a lot of people uh, over the years, trainers and things, it's they always push the the, the premise that you need to push yourself out your comfort zone to make things happen. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of the time, people get confused about being if they're not happy as opposed to being uncomfortable. It's not that some people are like, oh, I'm not happy, but it's because they're at the comfort zone. And being in your comfort zone and being happy are two different things. Um, yeah. And I do a lot of things on a, I was gonna say a weekly, but a daily basis, I think, getting that maybe sometimes I think, God, oh, I'm not too comfortable doing this, but I do it anyway. And I think yeah. we, we done a book, we used to do a book club gym and uh, we really went through Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And I did really take a lot from that because uh, I actually took the time and I read it and I, and I, and I, and I listened to a lot of what was in it. Um, and that's one of the things we're talking about today, about disciplining yourself and things. And that's a, one of the parts of my journey at the moment. So this is quite relevant today for me, uh, planning ahead, because there's Dr. things Susan, that I'm trying to get myself disciplined to do as well. Absolutely. Dr. Susan Jeffers, who is actually no longer here, I don't believe. Mm -hmm. And just think about how that is continuing to touch other people's lives. And this is why we do this. Uh, this is why we're doing the show. This is why I'm doing it. And yeah. I mean, again, I'm coming back to saying love the journey. A guy that loves the journey, you know, will walk a lot longer than a person that loves the destination. There yeah. is no destination in sight here. It's just actually loving the journey and actually imparting the knowledge and actually interacting with other people. The amount of people that have actually have actually come to me, have actually never known or have maybe known about over the years, and have now come to me as a result of what I'm doing, and we've actually got to talking. And I always say to myself, and I remember this was a huge phrase that somebody said, to it, a stranger is just a friend you've not met yet. Yeah. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. That was Jerry Scriven that actually said that. Jerry obviously got that from somebody. Strangers you've not met, yet, met yet. Yeah, I mean, strangers just a friend you've not yet met, and that's the reality. So this is all about if you are where you are right now and you're not happy with where you are right now, I mean, or you're uncomfortable with where you are right now, then then congratulations. You've obviously recognised that you need to do something about it. Yeah. And this is all about changing your direction then or changing or slightly changing. I'm not saying oh, let's make a huge overhaul overnight. I'm going to quit my job tomorrow and I'm going to go into property for the rest of my life. It's like that is not the thing to do. <laughs> it's like I, what, what I did uh, was I actually worked at property at the same time as working at my job and I worked smart enough to actually be able to build it up to a point where I was actually earning more money and what I was doing outside, um, I was actually able to give up the job um, or even go down to part-time. Well, I actually probably went down to part-time because they asked me to come back as a consultant. Mm -hmm. um, and I did that for three months and I got bored of it and I thought, I've had enough. I'm leaving definitely this time. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I've dropped everything on the ground. Anyway, give me two seconds. <laughs> Talk amongst yourself, Richard. Yeah, I just noticed. I just noticed on the TikTok because obviously I'm watching you live that uh, the camera's down. So you're just a bit back up. Yeah, give me two seconds. I'm going to just put that back, and uh, I'm actually better lighting with it without that light. Actually, that's probably better. My light's going out as well. <laughs> so 
Let's talk about then about changing direction. What's your yeah. thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I really wanted to. I mean, I've made notes for what to cover today, and I think you're probably noticed by looking at the notes that a wee bit of reflection of what, like, obviously my own kind of views on it. But yeah. I think it's 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 universal. It applies to everybody. If you want to, obviously, start with changes, you need to do them today, now, tomorrow, the latest. You know, we need if you want mm -hmm. to start making changes and things to be different for the five years coming. Yeah. You need to change them now um and you will notice and it's like you, you sent me a link to a thing that I was watching last week john it's quite good and the guy says if if you don't plan to make any changes he says it's easy to predict what you're going to do for the next five years just yeah. look at the last five because it's not going to change um how, I, so, how would you expect that to change yeah you are where you are because of the decisions you've made and the decisions you've failed to make um and in, in your life and and it was it was maybe the other night i was watching I was watching. I was watching a comedian on on Netflix. Now he's mm -hmm. actually just gone on, and uh, and he talks about his drug problem, and he talks about his gambling problem, and he talks yeah. about the amount of times he's been in and out of rehab. And he says, Do "You know what?" He says, "If it wasn't for that though, I wouldn't be standing here on stage and doing a Netflix for my show." He mm -hmm. says, "Because this is the stuff I talk about, and this is the idiocracy of the you know the way I was with my life and what I thought and all these different things." And 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 I and I thought, "You're exactly right." And that's why I can't understand sometimes when people say, if there's one thing you would change in your life, you know, from, or you tell yourself from years ago to do, uh, what would that be? And I'm like, oh my God, I would never change anything. I, I, you know, I'm exactly where I want to be and I know where I'm going um, and I have faith in where I'm going, but why would I want to change anything in my past? Could you imagine if your children were never born? Mm -hmm. Could you imagine if you were never where you are right now? Could you imagine, you know, all these different things? And it's like one way change is that butterfly effect to think to yourself, wow. Why? And and so why would I dwell on that? And why would I think in the past, it's, oh, I should have changed this, I should have done that. No, I just learn from it. And next time I, I know what to do next time. That's it, really. Yeah. Um, so so it's, it's not about obliterating your past. It's about embracing your future um, because the, it's, got, it's got everything ahead of you. But again, I've come back to saying you've got to have faith in where you want to do, and you've got to make these changes to go in the direction you want to go in, um, and you need well, to make a choice, a choice of the change you're commit and commit, don't you? Yeah. So I think the question probably everybody will be asking, and I know I asked when I was kind of thinking, is what kind of changes can you make? Does it have to be big, drastic changes, or could you just small do small changes? Now I've listed some that I, that I'm personally yeah. trying to discipline myself to do at the moment. Um, well, what, what would these sort of things be then for you? Well, at the moment, I am trying to, it's the morning get up at a certain time and stick to the same time, out with the dog. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do that, uh, to try and do that religiously. And people might think, well, how's that going to change? Well, mm. do you know what? I feel a lot fresher. I'm, I start my day earlier. I get a lot more done. I've got a lot more focus. So that's one thing. Uh, change my eating habits and my fitness habits obviously i've started doing that, that see i think i think i think eating and fitness is a huge thing now on mindset let's like, be honest yeah. you could you could do one bit at a time so yeah. here's how everybody goes oh my god you're vegan how on earth did you do that i mean i could never cut out dairy and cut out meat just like that but it took me seven years to get to that stage um, and the reason i got to that stage was i never went out of my way and thought i'm going to be a vegan I never did anything like that at all. All I did was I was out with my friend. We were training uh, Christian Delacour. And then maybe people will know Christian. Christian was a, a vegetarian at the time. He was my sensei in Kendo. 
Um, and Christian went out to do training with me in Spain while he was going to run along the beach 26 miles every day or a backpack on in the sore and heat. He was training for the MDS, uh, which is the Marathon de Sai, which is the, the um, um, I think it's six marathons in seven days across the Sahara Desert on, on, on my feet. Um, and so he said at the time for that week it we were out, uh, well, I'm vegetarian, and I want when well, um, I'll just buy everything vegetarian, and I'll have a vegetarian for for all that time. Now I think Tony, my daughter, had possibly um, made an attempt to go vegan, or she was going vegan. Maybe she wasn't at that time. Maybe it was maybe it was like it was yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, and and then I thought to myself, okay, uh, let's I'll just do vegetarian for a week then, and then I'll go back to eat again. And then when I got to the end of the week after being vegetarian. I then realised it's like, wait a minute, I know the penny started to drop with me to say that actually um, I never ever needed meat. <laughs> this was something I'd always been conditioned into believing after a period of time that you needed a meat and two veg, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And that's um, the, this, this inherent condition that. Yeah, but the classic, yeah, the one that's the one that hit home for me was um, if proteins in baked beans. And it's a higher level and higher quality of protein. It's in baked beans than it is in meat. Why do I need to eat the meat when I'm having beans and baked potato? And so why would I need to eat the meat? What would be the purpose of that? Mm -hmm. It's just a filler if that's the case. It's not actually giving me any inherent protein. Um, it's any better than what the baked beans are. So I'm getting what I'm getting from that. So why would I need to eat the meat? And then it, it all started. And then the, it was the same with the, the cheese. The cheese had the protein as well. So why would I need to eat the meat if I've got cheese as well with? Yeah. And then it had the fibre. And then, so I had fibre in the vegetables. So it's like, well, why would I need to eat anything that's got fibre other than the veg? Uh, and then the the, the fibre and the, the baked potato. And then I started to put it all together and I started, wait a minute, I, I'm a big I'm a big cynicist, if that makes sense. Um, I then, wait a minute, the meat industry is trying to sell us a, 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 a solution that actually we don't actually need. Um, so it wasn't an inherent thing. I thought after that, I thought, I'm just going to stick to vegetarian. So then I stuck to normal milk. I stuck to um, I stuck to cheese. I stuck to eggs um, because we had hens with eggs as well. Um, so I just, I just stuck to all these different things. And I was vegetarian for about four years. And then maybe that was the time that Tony said um, she was transitioning and she thought, I'm just going to be vegan. And then, so I was down to no eating meat at all. Now, I was at the point where where I was, um, I think I was, I was doing things like, well, um, I, I can have a fish supper. You know, stuff like that, maybe. Or I was going for white pudding suppers, that was it. I wasn't eating the meat with the fish. I was eating white pudding suppers. And white pudding suppers are are obviously deep fried sometimes and, and fat and stuff like that, you know, animal fat. Um, but at that time, I didn't bother too much because I was cutting out most of it. Mm -hmm. And then I started to cut that out as well. And then when I, when I was about to go vegan, I was only really down to, I'd cut out uh, milk because I'd replaced it with organic soya. Don't drink normal soya. Drink organic soya if you can because normal soya has pesticides and all the rest of it from treating the, the soya meat. And, and, and same, with, same with meat as well. Same Meat's got the same. It's got, you know, stuff in it. it, it obviously, the cattle's treated with as well. So you're getting things like uh, indoctrinated into um, antibiotics and that the cattle's using. Um, so that's why. Oat milk, though. Yeah, well, you can use oat milk as well. These other things as well. But that was my point. I transitioned yeah. towards that over four years. And then eventually what happened was, uh, you know, well, there was one year at Glastonbury said every other fender at Glastonbury is going to be a, a, a vegan. There's going to be yeah. vegan options. And I thought, 
but it's a perfect opportunity to change them. Yeah. So then I just cut out, I cut out cheese and I cut out eggs, and that was the end of it. And uh, and vegan from then on. Uh, so it's not so a long time. So, but that's what I mean. It takes everybody. What, what I'm trying to say to everybody, no matter what you want to do, don't think you can do it straight away. Just just build up to it. I yeah. looked back in 2018, and I and I saw a, a poster the day saying uh, it was at the White Chimneys with my bike, and I said that's me 70 miles in on my bike. I was like, what? <laughs> I can't do 70 miles on my bike now because I've been injured for, you know, off and on so for a while. Lockdown came in and all the rest of it. And I thought, God, getting back to 70 miles. So the 70 miles, though, didn't happen overnight. Again, that was built up over time. So it wasn't, again, a big, huge transition into, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to do 70 miles a day. It's like, no, no, I just went out my mountain bike. I kind of said to the boys, I mean, it was Mike, Davey and Bob, uh, actually tricked me into going out my mountain bike um, and we went out on our mountain bikes and then they got me into cycling and then all of a sudden after cycling I thought oh this is really good um, and I thought well what else could I do and then I saw the Brownlee brothers um, doing triathlon on a Sunday morning when I was up early and I thought oh I could swim and uh, oh I could run uh, and then I started going out walking and I started running every now and again and again I'm no back to the running I used to do I'm no mm-hmm. a running anymore um, but I can I can get back to that and provide my knees okay. Um, so these are all things that I'll transition back into, but I'm not going to beat myself up about it. And that's the key as well. Don't beat yourself up. It's, it's the same thing. It's the thing like people do the uh, diet thing. Start Monday and just try to do cold turkey Monday. And it, it never works. And there's a reason it never works, because you need to build yourself up to it. And, well, uh, the classic bit of that is you see people saying, Oh, I'm going to start tomorrow. And the first, first words out of my mouth are, well, start today then. Yeah. Why not just start? Oh, but I've got this big cream donut in front of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, discipline yourself. Put the cream donut now down now and just, just give it to someone else, even throw it in the bin, and you're done. Yeah, That's the first step. You have to take that. You can't just, because I know what's going to happen. It will always be tomorrow. You know the thing about tomorrow? Tomorrow never comes. It'll never happen for you. If you keep saying tomorrow, it will never happen because tomorrow yeah. will never come. It's today, it's now, it's in the present. Yeah. And yeah, they call it present for a reason because the present is a gift <laughs> that you should always have and always look after. And that's why it's so important. Tomorrow never comes and the past is in the past and there is absolutely no future in it at all. So yeah. look at the present. It's a gift. Move forward from that and focus on what you need to do and what you want to do. But just do the baby steps process all the way through. This is how you can predict where you're going to be in 5 and 10 and 20 years' time. Matthew McConaughey actually stood up on the stage one time. And, you know, if you type in Matthew McConaughey in his famous speech, but he actually said, he says, have you got any heroes or any idols you look up to? And he goes, absolutely. Me in 10 years' time. He says, because in 10 years' time, that will be the person I always wanted to be. And he mm-hmm. says, I've got it mapped out what, who I always want to be. So that's the person in 10 years that I want to be. And he says, in five years' time, when I get to five years in, it will still be the person in 10 years' time. And that's always the person he's chasing to be that person he wants to be in 10 years' time. So it's always 10 years' time from the time that he thinks about who's the person I want to be and what he envisages what he wants to be in 10 years' time. It's a, it's a fantastic it's a fantastic speech, um, and I would recommend anybody actually tune in on it because it is effectively what it is. I mean, 
people talk to me about if I go in a, you know, um, 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 mentors or, uh, you know, people I would look up to and all the rest of it. I'm not really sure if I ever did. I just looked at other people and thought, you're successful at something. How did that happen for you? Um, is it something I can apply to what I do? Uh, and, and and if the answer was to yes, and uh, yeah, it made sense, then I would do it. Um, if it was no, because it wasn't the path I wanted to take, then I would maybe glean something out of it, but I would, I would, I would just leave it. Uh, and that's why I, that's why I learn from other people, and that's why I'm going to read John Lydon's uh, autobiography next. Yeah, rather than trying to concentrate on one person or hone in on what one person is doing, learn to several different people and take bits from each individual, like an array of successful individuals, and yeah, and uh, create your own path, I suppose. Uh, I've got to say thank you, Alice, uh, Angela, for actually saying you're so well disciplined, Jim. If only you know. Because you know. <laughs> I tell you what, I kind of resist a chocolate bar straight <laughs> in there. And and it's no, people actually said to it, was it you, Richard, that said, you, you're only just eating two squares? I went, no, I'm eating the whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, but then, do you know, thank, I think that uh, you are quite well disciplined, Jim, but it's come with a lot of uh, sacrifice and training and things like that. So then, do you really feel bad if you eat one chocolate bar maybe now and again? I couldn't care less. It doesn't matter. I'm up and down with that. Um, I, it doesn't bother me. I used to get bent out of shape about it. There's another one. Bernard D'Souza used to talk to me about that all the time. <laughs> Getting bent out of shape. You know how that. You know how you have Daffy Duck. We have Daffy yeah. Duck. So so when you get oh you need to do it like this and you need to do it like that. You need to do it like this and you need to do it like that and you. you then the next minute, like you're like this, right? I'm ready to go, and it's like, well, you're no, are you? Because you've clearly, you've clearly, you know what I mean. You've you've fit, you, you've you've put yourself into a box. You've given yourself no flexibility, flexibility at all, and that in the in the process of of how you want to how you want to be, what you want to be in the next five, ten, twenty years, yeah. and your future wants to be as well, because you've because you've shoehorned and shoeboxed yourself into that position. You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know where it's going to take you. This is why I come back to saying it's about it's about enjoying the journey, not the destination. If yeah. you enjoy the journey every day, Richard, and you'll probably agree with this, if, and anybody out there, if you agree with this, stick some love in the box or something like that, you know, number five or whatever. Put a number five in the comments or anything like that if you agree with this. But it is about loving the journey, not the destination. If you love the journey, you will get up every single day, come hell or high water, and it will never phase you. You will feel great about every single day because you love the journey and the process and nothing else matters to you. That's the key here. If anybody says anything, it will never really phase you. Yeah, you get bent out of shape now and again, but you'll still go, so... I'm just moving on anyway. I'll just move on to the next stage. I'll just move on to the next evolution and what I want to do. I'll attract the right people. I'll speak to the right people and get in touch with the right people. This yeah. is about engaging with the network. Um, now, this is quite interesting because it was Einstein, I think it said, you are where you are and you will be by the people you associate with and the books you actually read. And this is important because you will be because and the reason now why do you think that is that statement richard what's your thoughts on that you well, are who you are by the people you associate in the books you read why do you think that would be well i think that um you the way you react and the way you uh, conduct yourself is you, you draw for the people around you and you you obviously so the people you associate with um whatever they're doing i'll rub off on you and i think that's that's next to on my list actually and to that 
Um, maybe I find a wee bit more difficult than changing my routine and my health and things like that. It's uh, the people you associate and, and go around with and then reading books. Reading books has always been a difficult one for me and you know that. Um, although obviously I've been trying to do it and like you say, it's it's not something that's going to happen overnight, but if you if you work on yeah. it. Um, but yeah, that's the next two things I've got written down there that I'm working on myself as well. Um, but yeah, just I know you had said your social habits and your your people you associate with. Why do you, why do you think I do so many interactions? Why do you think I interview so many people? Why do you think I get involved in so many groups and organisations? Because it is different people that will lead you on your journey through your path. You never know who you know and what you want to achieve and how you want to get there. But someone somewhere will help you on that journey. Now they might be with you for a short period of time. I can only thank all the people that have done that in the past that were with me with Five Properties and yeah. Century 21 before because they've led me to here as well. Even the people it didn't go so well for, uh, with, with, with myself and them, and it didn't go so well for me with them. Um, but that's fine. That led me to where I was. And it's the lessons mm -hmm. I've learned as a result of that. So that's what you should take out of that. But more importantly, if you if you keep doing the same, the same things that you're doing right now and you keep thinking the way you're thinking, you'll get exactly the same results as you've got before. So the reason that you associate with different people and you interact with them and you also have books and podcasts that you listen to is to expand your thinking. This yeah. is down to the, remember the, remember the flea in the jar with the lid on it? Mm -hmm. we spoke about that. Well, that's exactly where you are right now. Everybody's sitting in that jar right now with the people they associate with and we're all jumping so high. So the only way you're ever going to jump out of that jar or you're going to be able to jump, you're going to be able to jump higher is you're going to have to interact with people at a higher level who are possibly outside of that jar. That's where it comes in. That's where the people you associate with comes in. Um, um, show, I, I can't remember. It was show me a good book clerk, you know, an exceptional book clerk, and there'll be a book clerk for the rest of your life. But show me someone with a, a, a keen imagination for exploration, and I'll show you somebody that can change the world. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that's, I'm sure, again, that's Einstein, because he was a book clerk at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but it's true. It's, it's the only people that change the world are the people that have got the imagination to do it. And if you were at school and on your report card, you had things like, he's always a dreamer. He looks out the window every day and he's just no present in the in the thing. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. If you're, a, if you're a young person right now and that's what you're getting on your report card, congratulations. Don't ever change because it is the dreamers of the world that will change everything for society. Um, you have to have some sort of different vision. You have to some sort of, sort of different way of looking at things or nothing will ever change. We'll just keep the status quo. So that's important as well about changing your direction and actually predicting your future about where you want to go and how you want to do it. Um, interestingly enough, um, the education system, this is, you know, I, I've just touched on that now with people in school. I mean. I, I believe in education firmly. I definitely believe in education because this is why I talk about learning from other people, reading books and actually getting in touch with other people and going to functions and all the rest of it, right? But what I don't believe in, the way it's been packaged up today, mm -hmm. how we're doing it. Now, for some people, university and college aren't the answer. It is for if you want to be a lawyer, a doctor, or a dentist, or anything like that. You need, you need that to go in terms of the education process. But let's be honest, that's only about a handful of of uh, of, of um, uh, professions. 
when yeah. you think about it, that's only a handful of professions. For other people, it's a totally different thing. And what I think the difficulty about the current package, the education system, folk are only going to like it, is you can teach a fish to swim, right? And it can swim very well. And it will be excel in that area. But if you try to teach it to climb a tree, it'll go about thinking it's stupid for the rest of its life. <laughs> and that's what our education system does. We need things like this to be taught in school at that level, at a primary level. So children understand. They need, I'm not talking about, you know, you need to, oh, you need to explore your humanity and all the rest of it. I'm not talking about that. I'm no. needing to talk to you need to, you need to take on risk. You need to realize that risk is a, risk is a thing. It is good in your life. It's not a thing to be rejected. It's not a thing to stay away from. Risk at a, a primary age and a secondary age and everything like that and exploration and excitement and, and trying things new and getting things. Again, let's put the proviso on this. About the, yeah, if it's criminal, we're not doing it. I'm not, I'm not endorsing it. But all these different things that you should be doing and encouraging your children, even your children to do, go for it. Just go for it every single time. Go and see them right now when you get a chance or lift the phone to them or send them a text and say, see all these things I used to say to you about, you know, taking it easy and playing it safe and all the rest of it. You're young enough, go for it. You're staying at home. What's the worst that could happen? You've not got money to go out the weekend. Big deal. Yeah. I think what, what you're saying there to me, obviously, they need to, in the education system, um, teach and... and um, promote the, the people that maybe the dreamers that want to maybe dream big and think outside the box and things because these are the people that do things differently. you know what happens though when you get yeah. that you're a dreamer <laughs> he's a dreamer yeah. but then but then you, you see a lot of successful people and the stories that they tell is they were always the different ones at school do you know what i mean and it was always the ones that stood out differently and people because obviously inherently people well you're different so then everybody else turns on them but do you know what yeah. I mean? they're always the people that are more successful and I think, like you say, the networking thing to surround your people and interact with people that are that are different and think outside the box and are successful, you'll draw for that. Yeah. And then that's that's when it comes back to Einstein's things where you are where you are by the people that you associate with. And, and yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a young person out there right now and you've got all your friends laughing at you, fuck them. Yeah, don't even bother. <laughs> they know your friends. Let's be honest. Uh, move on. Get new friends. Associate with the people that you attract yeah. and you are actually, you like yourself. Don't bother about these other people. You are there. You are unique in yourself. You are there. You're, I mean, you know, let's go to the religious thing. You're made in the presence of God, right? So you're made to excel. You're made to stand out from everyone else. You're not meant to hide yourself. You're not meant to hide yourself under a bush or anything like that. You're meant to excel in what you're doing. You're yeah. meant to leave your mark. Someone said the other day, and I saw it, it's like, you know, just be happy throughout your life. That's really good. And all that. I said, no, no, no. You're meant to help other people. We are put on this earth to help everyone else in what we're doing. Could you imagine if everybody focused on helping everyone else on this earth? Could you imagine it would be a totally different civilization? It would be a totally different ethos. It would be a totally different culture as well. Instead, we have people that selfishly think about themselves all the time and teach other people around about them to do that as well. And that's what I think is entirely wrong within our system of education, because we educate that, that through people um, as a result. Um, one of the things as well is offload that baggage. 
the key here is get rid of that baggage now. I saw The Rock the other day talking on Oprah Winfrey, and he was yeah. talking about when, when he was a young uh, a young lad, a, a kid, and he's got the eviction notice on his door and his mum and all the rent and everything like that, and the rent had to be paid, and his mum was like, we're going to be evicted within a week. And he says that still haunts him today and still sticks with him today. And he says it actually, he's still got that mentality, I've got to go to work, I've got to pay the bills. Now, I would say now that actually holds him back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because because it is at, at the time it was a driver. It pushed them, you know, pushed by your well, circumstances. Really well, really so pushed by your circumstances or pulled by your dreams. But now it's time to offload that, as far as I'm concerned, because that would that that is obviously a barrier. That is now a lid on his thinking in terms of where he is now. Who am I to tell the rock what he should be doing? He's a very successful person. What he's doing. But in my opinion, I actually just see that now as a barrier to the way he thinks. He should actually be able to offload that and not actually think that that's, a, that's something he's got to uh, adhere to every single day. And that's something that almost haunts him now rather than actually rather than actually helps him, if that makes sense. That's quite interesting because that has obviously been the catalyst to drive him to, to being so successful. Yeah. But now he is so successful, you could let go of that now. You don't need that. Yeah. It's, helped you. it's helped you and it's changed your mindset and things, but your mindset now needs to change to be even bigger and aspire yeah. to be even better. But so, but even for even for somebody at that level, people think they've arrived, but they've not arrived at all. I'll guarantee you he would sit there and say the same thing. I'm, I've not arrived. He yeah. says, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting learning. I'm learning from everybody around about me. Because you can see the different groups he goes about in with Kevin Hart, and people like that, you know, all these different organisations. Kevin Hart goes, you know, in with Grant Cardone. I mean, these people are all learning off each other and benefiting off each other's knowledge, and that's what helps them. It's the rising tide that lifts all ships, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that's where it's that's where it is. It's everybody helping everybody else achieve, and everybody else pulling the right direction. I once saw um, a, 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 a picture on on some. A really successful person's wall at the back of him when he was sitting in his chair and it had two horses pulling in a different directions and, and and i thought what 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 was that all about what's that mm -hmm. all about the, the picture and he went well what it is he says it reminds me he says well i'll tell you the story he says i'll tell you the story he says um I, I i once saw a farmer right and he told me this story and it was like the horses pulling in different directions he says um he says when you have two horses when you have a horse pulling a, a, a load individually a horse can maybe pull 10 tons okay and you have another horse pulling till 10 tons if you have the two horses pulling against each other nothing's happening they're not pulling anything but did you know that when you put these two horses together it can pull 10 tons each they can pull 30 tons how is that? That's interesting. How is that? Yeah, because people at pool in the same direction can pull more than what they can pull individually themselves. Because it's it's the more thing about many hands make light work. Like work yeah. More more gets done in the group than it does from the individual. And every single occasion, I used to doubt that years ago because it's like, mm -hmm. give it here, I'll do it myself. I'm bad, I'm bad for that. <laughs> Give it here, I'll beat myself. Well, this is a lesson in itself, isn't it, Richard? Because I learned um, I learn from this as well. Give it here, I'll do it myself. I can do it quicker. But what you don't realize is you're not leveraging your time anymore. Your time is now 160 hours a week because you're doing everything yourself. 
in order to multiply your efforts and multiply your results and have a lot more than what you would have individually, then you bring other people in to leverage your time and they do the work as well as you do the work. So your 160 hours now becomes 200, yeah. 500, 1,000, 10,000 hours a week out of that one person. And that's how that's how results are achieved. And that's another way you can, you know, you're more or less, again, through your future, you're leveraging your position, you're leveraging your results. And again, you're more or less predicting your, your future. I talk about this all the time, don't I? It's yeah. like, I know what the answer is going to be before I start the journey. Yeah, yeah, you've said that to me quite a lot. And uh, like you say about uh, utilising your time and, and outsourcing and, and allowing people to help you and work as a team is so important. Um, and it's something I've learned along the years because um, I was really bad for, I'll do it, I'll just do it. And using up all my time and not efficiently and things. And um, yeah, so there's a lot there's a lot to learn to that aspect as well. But the, the, horse, the horse thing is quite a, a good analogy. I really like that because um, it makes you really think, God, then rather than on your own and together yeah. it's so much better yeah i got this proved to me from keith cunningham um mm -hmm. rich dad poor dad so keith cunningham yeah. that's who it's about um he is rich dad and um, so well, i was on a course with rich uh, with keith and we were over in paris we we're doing a workshop and uh, what we're asked to do was a survival guide so here's the top 20 items you've got with you if you were dropped in the desert or dropped in the arctic and um, what would be the most important things you would have you would say is the number one priority for you to have. Now, you had things like a bottle of water, um, uh, some food. You had things like a mirror. You had uh, a sewing kit. You had a gun. You had a flare. You had all these different things. And it says, put them in order, right? So I put them in order of what I thought was necessary to survive in the desert or in the Arctic. And, uh, and then he says, right, okay, now, do it in a group. Decide all together what it is. So we did the same exercise in a group and every single time the group got higher marks than the individual did. Yeah. The group knows more because they knew more and it wasn't based on your limited thinking about what you thought and what you expected things to be. Because remember, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And when you speak to other people that don't know, know what you don't know, then that opens your mind to bigger possibilities and bigger opportunities. So that's another key point. Uh, people talk about this all the time. This is the one thing you can take out of this, right? If you don't have time to do anything right now, and this is what I was taught in the early days. <laughs> I can remember Bernie D'Souza telling me, says, Jim, uh, what time do you go to your bed at night? And I went, ooh, I go to my bed probably about uh, 11 o'clock. Okay. So what time do you get up in the morning? Oh, I'll probably get up in my bed uh, probably about 7 o'clock in the morning. So he says, I'll tell you what you can do. Either give yourself half an hour later before you go to your bed or get up half an hour early in the morning and use that time productively. And I'm like, what, just half an hour? Is that it? And he went, well, think about it this way. He says, multiply that by seven days. Okay, half an hour, seven days, three and a half hours. Yeah. He says, but multiply that by 52 weeks now. Ah, three and a half hours. There's a hundred over 150 hours you've now got by. Now divide that by the normal working week, which is around about 37 hours. And even if it was 30 hours, for example, it says now you've got five weeks that you've got to be productive. And yet you thought you didn't have any more time. And I've just given you five weeks. Just be doing that extra half an hour. 
think about the extra half an hour that you could spend on your project, your lifestyle, rather than actually your living. I always say your day-to-day -day job provides for a living, but what mm. you do outside of that provides for your lifestyle. And this is why I'm telling people what you do outside of that. People will spend more time on planning their next holiday than they will their financial future. That's tragic. <laughs> think about that. Yeah. That's crazy. More time planning something, uh, you know, rather than their financial future. Or they just kick it into the long grass. They don't think about it at all. They don't think about where they're going or what they want to be or where they want to go. Oh, my God, it might be too painful for me to do that. That's why they think about it like that. So I'll just I'll just ignore it completely. Or they get some neggy in the background. That's a negative person, by the way. Some neghead. <laughs> neg we call them negheads, negative heads, negheads. And you need to you need to have a neg shell round about you. You need to form a neg shell. And this is where you're writing. This is where your reading comes from and learning from other people more successful. Put this, get this neg shell round about you. Stop the neg heads getting into you, the neggies, yeah. right? These are the people that say, why would you want to do that? Just be like me. Take a good look at them. Take a good look at them because that's exactly how you'll be. <laughs> do you really want to be like them? And that comes back to who you associate with and surround yourself. Exactly, exactly. That's what it comes down to, is the people you surround yourself. Hey, listen, you can love them, but you don't need to be with them all the time. Yeah. Your family's probably... Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> some people might be listening and think, okay, well, am I just, am I just expected to get rid of all my friends and exclude no, my family they're asking you to get rid of everybody yeah you know in the, in the early days i used to go into people and say i can't hang about you anymore because you're too negative <laughs> i'm off because <laughs> that's how disciplined i am it's like black or white to me it's like i can't hang around with you because you're too negative see you later it's like what <laughs> eh? but i'm talking yes, about that's that. not what we mean that's look at the classic example i'll guarantee you if you walk into your usual pub you'll see the same people there but 20 years older yeah doing exactly the same thing is that what you really want for your future and for your children's future because that's what you're teaching them as well yeah. to do exactly the same thing if you're doing your children will replicate what you do they might have the there might be the odd one that'll go i'm not going to do that and that will that will inspire them to do something but that's why we've got generations of children still on benefits because they don't know any different. Yeah, and it's, it's the inherent traits that they picked up. Why do you think everybody still votes what their mum and dad votes for? Because that's all they know. That's all they've heard. They don't know any different. They've not got the time to find out anything different. Why do you think they've not got the time? Because the government keeps you so busy, they don't want you to think. They don't want people to think. They don't want you. They don't want you to just be a good worker, aren't Just get your head down. Just work away, go to college, get the debt, get the mortgage debt, get all the other debt, get the car debt, get the payment plan debt, get every other debt, and get on that ham hamster wheel and spin on that hamster wheel until we say you're ready to get off. And that's not going to be anytime soon because you're not going to have the pension anymore to do that. And if you think company pensions is going to save you, think again, because you're all doing the same thing and you're all going to get the same result. So in order to get something different, you've got to be different from everyone else. You've got to do something extra, and it's the extra people that become extraordinary. That's all they are. That's all extraordinary people are.
Just ordinary people that have done that wee bit extra. Every single day, the half an hour. Why do you think I read? Every yeah. single day, 20 minutes. 20 minutes every single day. And it's no productive time, but I read every single every single day for that reason. Because I just have a wee bit of knowledge in part. Why do you think I watch so many podcasts? Why do you think I watch so many? It's like, you know, it's it's almost addictive. But I tell you what, the information that goes in and the learnings I get and the teachings I get is phenomenal in terms of where I am now and where I think I could be. But it's having faith in yourself to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really, I mean, wise words there, Jim. And I really think that it is important. I think the half an hour thing is really... I could relate to that. And I think that if you want to make changes, if you want to change your life and, and see things change in the next five years, then you need to make these small changes. And it doesn't have to be big drastic changes to your life. Get up half an hour earlier, uh, start eating differently. Or if, if you want to have a better diet, do it yeah. slowly. Don't try and cold turkey Monday, I'm not going to eat anything ever again. And, do you know what I mean? and it's doing it just bit by bit. Um, yeah. And I think these small changes, you in, in, a, in a year, two years, and as you go on, you'll notice how it has a positive effect on you. And I think it's really important that the, the uh, surrounding yourself with the right people and associating with the right people as well. Well, the very word diet, it's talk about eating plans, a good eating plan. Never yeah. talk about the word diet. Get rid yeah. of the diet from your vocabulary straight away. Yeah. It's just exactly what it is. Die. <laughs> That's what it is. Die it. Yeah. Now, disease is exactly the same. Mark Wilkinson talks about this, right? Mark talks about this all the time from Bob Proctor. Disease, it's dis-ease. So just reword, rethink, refocus, re-educate re yourself a different way. It's not yeah. a disease. It's just a dis-ease. Dis-ease. It can be accommodated and it can be mm -hmm. sorted. And it's just the same with diet. It's an eating plan. It's a proper eating plan. It's not a diet. And, yeah. and you may think that's absolutely stupid and absolutely daft, and you're sitting there going, laughing, this guy's off his head. One of us is super wealthy. Just remember that. Yeah, I think, but to look at it like that changes your your, your perspective and, and your, your mindset on, um, say, obviously, a diet. It's not a diet, it's, a, it's, an, it's an eating plan. And, I, and I, I think to change that terminology is definitely um, a, good, a good idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on that note, we were never going to get round to what we're meant to be. <laughs> I've got it all set up to, but uh, we'll do it another day. When we're, we'll do when it another day. I had average house prices there. I had the pensions. I had my yeah, pension printed out. I'm going to tell you what that was going up and all the rest of it. We'll do that next week. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, so next week, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about average house prices, performance of pension plans in comparison to that as well, as well as other some exciting things. Listen, guys, if you've got something you want to talk to us to talk about, by all means, stick it in the comments and we will talk about that in one of the weeks. Uh, that is the whole point of this show, uh, to educate people in different areas. And you'll probably educate me in the process as well. Um, and that's 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 what I love and the fact that everybody's helping everyone. And remember, finally, final words, Richard, from you. Well, I was just going to say, could I, could I quote the bit that I had written at the bottom? And it's nice to know any day you wish you could change your whole life. Yeah. And my one is a rising tide lifts all ships. So let's all rise together. Bye-bye. See you next week. See you later, John.